following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. These shows will give you insight into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome David Sarida to the show who has a tremendous background of wealth of information and experience to help us uh, be part of this grand awakening. David, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Peter, for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, you, you recently uh, have put out a new DVD, Quantum Communication, and we're on Coast to Coast with George Nury, and I believe that's given you an inundation of uh, new contacts and information. Yeah, it was with Ian Punnett when we released oh, sorry. the film on Coast to Coast AM on August the 8th, and we've just been swarmed um, ever since, so it's really, really great to get this out there. I mean, it's... You know, this is my second, you know, film on the subject of consciousness and enlightenment. My first film was The Voice, and I make my films very long. They're like miniseries. They're, you know, the, the Voice was almost, it's about three hours long. And what we do, you know, at Voice Entertainment, Jim Law and I and, and Crystal, is we're making films that kind of incorporate science and spirituality, but we we really, you know, get very, very high-quality scientists from major universities all over the world. And, you know, and we, we see if what people are experiencing in this, um, you know, from the greatest mystics to the, the saints of all ages to the common person having a mystical experience, we even get to meet some people that nobody's ever heard of who have these very profound mystical experiences. And we try to see if science and spirituality merge and convene on these points. And, and we find that they definitely do. And so the vision, you know, when I, you know, through 30 years of practicing meditation, traveling to India and studying with dozens of dozens of different gurus and different traditions, and, you know, I felt like the word enlightenment was like salt and pepper. It, it, was, it, was, an, it was a word that was used without a lot of understanding. What, it, what traditionally enlightenment actually means in Buddhism and Hinduism and Christianity and Judaism is much, much, much more profound and much deeper than anyone can imagine. So that's what motivated me to make a film about that. But when we moved on, you know, past, you know, The Voice, and The Voice has been out for a couple of years, it's in Australia, it's in Mexico and New Zealand and, and England, and it, it's all over the world now. Um, 
I wanted to go into a very specific area, and that is the power of our minds, how powerful our minds really, really are, and how communication happens on the quantum level and even beyond the quantum level. And if we can understand how subatomic systems are actually communicating at a distance, like little miniature radio stations, then when you, the great thing about science is when you understand how something works, you can understand mantra, which is repetition. If you do the same, you know, you produce the same set of circumstances or you, the same actions, you're going to get the same results. Like you turn the key on your car, and because of hundreds of, you know, over 100 years of perfection in the automotive industry, the car really works well now. That's because of mantra, which is somebody kept going over and over and over the car and all of the functions in it so that when you turn the key, you always got the same result. Well, consciousness can work the same way. By merging science and spirituality together, we can see through the perfection of repetition of mantra, you know, what you do in your mind and your consciousness, this is what the end result's going to be. This is how you get the results that you want. So it looks like in the quantum universe there is a consistent model of how communication is occurring even faster than light communication and we now come to like scientists like William Tiller, who is at Stanford for 30 years in California, and we have an MIT physicist, Cloud Swanson, in the film. We have Gary Schwartz, a Harvard Yale psychiatrist, uh, Lynn Sarita, my father, a Berkeley, you know, um, PhD, and multiple, multiple PhDs. And then we also have the ordinary person who, who, who is really kind of merging the experience with what science is telling us. And all this stuff about, you know, mind over matter is not new, but understanding on a very, very deep level how it works is new. There was a very famous psychologist from the, um, from the United Kingdom, Hans Eisensek. He's considered one of the most quoted um, sci- um, medical doctors in the field of psychology and psychiatry in scientific journals and newspapers, etc. But what's not known about Hans Eisensek who was chairman of the Institute of Psychiatry in London from 1955 to 83, is he actually stated that there was a massive conspiracy that involved 30 major universities from around the world to bury the evidence, positive data, that our minds were powerful, that, there, that all of the experiments that were done on mind over matter and mental telepathy, the, the overall consensus was, our minds were so powerful that they had to create a diversion strategy with the media to suggest that, yes, we, we did a study into this, and you know, there are some interesting things there, but in general, there's no evidence that the mind is powerful. He's saying that that was a concerted effort by the media and by great powers in the government to bury the truth that our minds are amazingly powerful. So that came from the universities in the first place, or, or that suppression? The studies were done at major universities all over the okay. world. Yeah. But then you go, okay, let's go even further back. We come to the, the grandfather of quantum physics, Max Planck, whom, you know, he died in 1947, October 4th. He's the winner of the Nobel Prize. It is because of Max Planck that Einstein even existed. Einstein was an obscure... You know, he was a failure in college. He didn't do well, didn't do well with his professors. He was working as a lowly patent clerk at the, um, at the patent office. And, and 
he's got these he got all these ideas he was very very good at mathematics and he started developing theories and here's a guy with a theory who's basically you know a secretary at you know at best and filling out applications and he's got the theory of the universe and he wants someone to listen to him and he doesn't have a PhD he's not even a college graduate and it's Max Planck who lets him in and Max Planck who wins the Nobel Prize in 1918, actually said, and this is a quote, as a man who has devoted his whole life to the most clear-headed science, to the study of matter, I can tell you as a result of my research about atoms this much, there is no matter as such. All matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force which brings the particle of an atom to vibration and holds this minute solar system of the atom together. We must assume behind this force is the existence of a conscious and intelligent mind. This mind is the matrix of all matter. I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. So what Max Planck is saying, at the very beginning, very, very beginning, he's saying that consciousness is behind the entire creation of the quantum universe, of the atom and smaller. But actually, it was in the, the fifth Solvay Conference on Quantum Mechanics in Brussels, Belgium, in 1927, that Heisenberg and Niels Bohr approached Einstein with a hypothesis that when, when they were doing these experiments and actually exploring uh, you know, the, the subcomponents of, a, of atomic matter, you know, when they explode them in these accelerators, these linear and you know, circular accelerators, they're seeing that the, the minds of the researchers are affecting the results of the experiments. This was in 1927. This was known by Heisenberg and Bohr, whom both would win the Nobel Prize. And Einstein had just won his Nobel Prize. They're, they're saying that the minds of the researchers are affecting the quantum universe. And then what happens after 1927 is we come to the advent of you know, World War I and II, and when all, all of the emphasis was on the great wars, all of the research that started on this mind, this powerful consciousness, was diverted to weapons. And these great scientists had to work on a new problem. Their real passion was the power of consciousness. In fact, Einstein even states that anyone who becomes seriously involved in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that there is a spirit Manifest in the laws of the universe, a spirit vastly superior to that of man. So with that, how did today's scientists, you know, the Brian Greens, the, the you know, Stephen Hawking's, how did, they, how did they bury this and how did they convince us that there are only four forces in the universe, the strong force which holds atoms together and all the subcomponent particles, the weak force, gravity, and magnetism? These are, these are the four forces, which are very mechanistic. But what you're going to find out when you see my film, Quantum Communication, that there's an overwhelming body of evidence and scientific studies that have gone on for over 30 years that not only can um, convince you that consciousness is a contender to be added among the forces, but it's the most powerful one of all. It literally builds the case that the universe is alive. It is conscious. 
And the force that dictates everything else and tells everything what to do is intelligent. David, we're going to have to go to our first break. <laughs> You've talked nonstop for the whole segment, which is great. So on our return, we'll talk more specifically about the DVD quantum communication. Fascinating uh, start to the show. And those names, Planck, Heisenberg, Bohr, and Einstein, I used to teach chemistry. So those are names that I'm extremely familiar with. But it's great to know that they were very aware beyond this realm, for sure. So this is uh, Peter Tung with David Sarita talking about quantum communication. We'll be back after the break. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle it's me. It's scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always me. wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. 
If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And today we have with us David Sarida, who before the break was talking about the brilliant physicists of the 1920s and their ability to work with consciousness. And David, let's now talk about uh, the new DVD, Quantum Communication, and what that uh, holds for us. Well, Quantum Communication is uh, two hours and 45 minutes, and as I mentioned, some of the personalities who were in the film it really, you know, if you think of The Secret, which was a smash hit, you know, worldwide, we can clearly see that everybody wants to manifest wealth and, you know, their soulmate, and, you know, these basic things. But what I felt was missing in The Secret is the mechanics of how this really works. I mean, can we just shout on the rooftop, you know, I want a million dollars to drop in my lap or I want a girlfriend or a husband or, you know, these things are are kind of, you know, very pop culture now. There's just this idea that you have to have the intention for five minutes and it's all over. Well, one of the things that um, I found from practicing meditation for over 30 years every day and many different techniques is that, you know, entering into true states of consciousness where your real power is accessible is not as simple as that. I mean, it's true that if you're very intense and you have a very strong emotional um, um, attachment to an idea, things can manifest very quickly. But if you t- repeat that experiment amongst millions of people and ask them, has everybody, all three, three million people who watch The Secret, are they all multimillionaires now? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. not. Right. <laughs> so what William Tiller finds, I mean, here's a great experiment. This is, this is an example of not only how powerful consciousness is, but how consistent it is. What he does is he recognizes first that there is truly documented evidence that the mind or consciousness can affect the structure or energetics of water. And because we're made mostly of water, we're almost, you know, 80 to 90% water, depending on where you live. Um, And that water, the idea that water has memory goes back to studies done by Masaru Emoto and, and, and many, many others. There's actually a film called Water that we distribute. Now, when... When Tiller recognized this, what he did is he wanted to see if you could change the physical properties of water at any distance. And what I mean by that is if we imagine the pH value of water, which is the absorption level of water, that's a physical attribute. And so what he does is he traps a perfect human intention in what's called an IIED. It's a bioelectrical device. It's half technology, half living tissue from fruit fly larvae. And they get a meditator to somehow, I don't, it's amazing how you can even do this. You can trap a human thought, an intention. And the intention is to tell water to raise or lower its pH value. And once they do this, they, they set the intention in this device and they can point it and, and align it with any target of water they want to. In fact, they did this as much as 6,000, 7,000 miles away from the intention. And every single time, hundreds and hundreds of times, the experiment was repeated, regardless of whether it was two miles away next door or over 6,000 miles away, the pH value of the water would go up or down depending on the instruction. 
and most of the time you would get a full pH unit rise, but it took 30 days or more. Now, what this tells us, I mean, this is a grand experiment. This is not an experiment that was just done once. This was done over and over and over again, what I was talking about earlier about mantra, about repetition. What this means is that if you can hold a perfect intention or belief and you can hold it for that long without breaking, without saying, you know, I want this so bad in my life, and then you say to yourself, oh, I'm not going to get it. It's not really going to happen. Or two days later, you don't see any results, so you give up. You see, that wouldn't work. If you could hold the intention for 30 days or more, what's, what this experiment is telling us is that the conscious universe does work. It does respond. You can change the physical attribute of water even 6,000 miles away every time. If the thought is passionate, it's pure, and it's sustainable. So what this tells us about the law of manifestation and attraction in our lives is it's probably only the thoughts and desires and feelings that we're truly passionate about that are not just frivolous, you know, fly-by-night um, ideas. You know, one we say we want this in our life and then we change our mind two days later. Those kind of thoughts don't have very much power. The ones that have the power are the ones that are really true to who you really are. And once you synchronize with those thoughts and feelings and manifestations of who you really are, and you, you see the scientific evidence. I mean, this is what happens when people see this film, Quantum Communication. They, all the doubt about whether the mind is powerful or not is removed. Once it's removed, all you have left is, the understanding is who are you really? What do you really want to do with your life? And what do you really want to attract and manifest? And the, again, the ones that are the most passionate will probably manifest. You just have to remove the doubt process. The problem is when the mind goes into conflict or duality, anything we think we want or maybe we don't think we deserve something or someone in our lives, and it's that process of oscillating between wanting and, and not wanting. It's almost a neurosis or, you know, believing your mind is powerful and then not believing or not seeing the results fast enough so you don't, you don't give it your meditation. You don't give it your focus. So you don't get, you don't get what you want because you're not really holding it steady enough and, and with enough intention and love. So that's one, that's one of the first things. The next thing, that really becomes clear is that, for example, Klaus Swanson, an MIT you know, physicist, one of the most prestigious universities in America, starts the film off by telling us that you know, in these experiments where we're studying the nature of matter at the subatomic level, they actually have to remove the researchers from the experiment because the researchers are going to affect it. And not only do they have to remove the researchers from the experiment, what they found is there doesn't seem to be any possible way to separate even the intention of the researcher from the experiment regardless of barriers or distances. This is where, this is where the power of consciousness gets really amazing. If we take Einstein's photoelectric effect, this is what he won the Nobel Prize for. When you convert electromagnetism or visible light to back into you know, mechanical energy, in his formula equals mc squared. For example, solar energy kind of works on the same principle. 
if you shine a solar panel with blue photons or particles of light, they're going to transfer into more physical energy than a red photon. So your red photon at the base of the rainbow spectrum has less energy in it than a blue photon. And by the time you get to violet photons, they're more energetic than blue. When you get into ultraviolet near, far, and extreme, extreme ultraviolet photons are more powerful than, than um, uh, near ultraviolet. So then you get to X-rays, and then you get to gamma rays. And gamma rays, a 10-second gamma ray burst from a distant you know, um, supernova will produce more energy than our sun will in its multi-billion-year lifetime. That's how powerful gammas are. Now, here's what's interesting. Claude Swanson talks about an experiment that was done where you take a lead casing and you wrap in this lead casing, you put a photomultiplier tube, which is really sensitive to ultra-low levels of light. No light can get in, and you put a hidden Chinese character, a letter in the Chinese alphabet. Nobody knows what the Chinese character is except for one person, and it's hidden in an envelope. A psychic will travel out of body and go through the lead casing. The photomultiplier tube goes off, and they guess the Chinese character. And these experiments were repeated in the United States, um, some successfully, some not successfully. And, again, they were repeated over and over, and the photomultiplier tube will go off. Well, here's the impossible. Gamma rays, the most powerful form of electromagnetism we know of, cannot penetrate that much lead. That's why we know that the photomultiplier tube, when it went off, it didn't go off because of distant gamma ray bursts from some distant star system or some very trace amount of gamma rays you know, produced from a nuclear device because the gamma rays can't go through. But consciousness does. In fact, consciousness in, in multiple, multiple experiments um, studied by Dr. Cloud Swanson at MIT, he found that regardless of the distance or the barrier, whether you have mountains of rock or mountains or you have lead or you have any, no matter what you have, the loss in signal quality in consciousness does not diminish. But if you were to send a radio broadcast, for example, like your cell phone in, in the microwave spectrum, when you go in a garage, you start, you know, with concrete all on, you lose the signal, right? Well, yes. consciousness doesn't lose the signal. The quality of, of the psychic experiments that were conducted by William Tiller, conducted all over the world, prove that consciousness does not diminish by any barrier at all, which means its frequency is beyond the gamma ray spectrum, where Tiller identifies what is called the magnetoelectric spectrum, which is so high in frequency that if you were to convert just this, what he calls the, the, the fundamental level of consciousness at the belly center, at the base of of the human being. It's really the first, you know, couple of chakras in the seven chakra system. He finds that this subtle, what he defines as subtle energy, can travel at the speed of light squared. Consciousness at that level can travel at the speed of light squared. There, that's, that is literally so unimaginably fast. It is, you know, the speed of light is 186,282 miles per second. And as soon as you square that, you know, you get, um, let's see, here on my little calculator. 
34 trillion that's, 700 billion 983 million miles per second. So 34 trillion, 35 trillion miles per second. That's so David, how, I was going to have to step in here because we're off to, after our second break. Time is flying by, but you're uh, leading us on a beautiful pathway uh, of consciousness. I really appreciate that. So this is Peter Tung with David Sreeder going to our second break, and we'll continue with this fascinating discussion after this moment. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tom left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Tune into Inner Speak Soul Adventures Talk Radio Show every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, and learn how to let go of your past and create the reality you desire and deserve, allowing your inner communication to take place more easily without the interference of our noisy mind chatter or your ego. Inner Speak Soul Adventures with Gene Adrian, right here on the Seventh Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And today, we're having a fascinating discussion with David Sarida. Before the break, David, you were talking about the frequency of vibration of consciousness. And when you put that into Einstein's equation, how incredible and vast amounts of energy are available and the speed with which this communication takes place. So just continue with that for a moment. Okay, so if we look at, you know, William Tiller's model of consciousness and how fast it travels, and then we're going to get into how powerful it is, we have to understand that this is a man who spent 30 years at Stanford University and more in his private research um, area of his life conducting experiments on the power of consciousness. In fact, um, Tiller even does this experiment with, um, his last name is uh, Dr. Green, where they take a Qigong master and they put him in a room and they line the walls with copper plates that are attached to voltmeters. And they actually see this Qigong master transmit energy in the form of what we call subtle energy or imagine like a radio broadcast. It transfers it to the copper plates on the walls, and through the photoelectric effect, they can measure the voltage. And the voltages are huge. I mean, massive spikes of energy, way, way, thousand times beyond the normal electricity in the human body. But this power is transmitted wirelessly, which is really fantastic. Then he gets into the power of, of consciousness altering you know, the, the physical properties of water, the pH values of water. So when he comes up with his theory, it's not a, a, you know, just a far-out you know, having fun theory. This is a theory based on real uh, mathematical and scientific evidence. So he discovers that the, the subtle energy that leaves the body at the belly center can travel at the speed of light squared, which is the speed of light times itself, which is about 35 trillion miles per second, right? But when you get to the heart chakra, actually, before we go to the heart chakra, what we find is um, this was um, Cloud Swanson's work at MIT. He found an experiment that was done in China, and this was very inadvertent, accidental, a... Um, a um, acupuncturist had needles, you know, placed along the meridian lines in the nervous system on a, on a subject with voltage meters attached to them, and it was measuring the voltage in the current in the body, right? And he sees this massive spike occur, and he registers the time, precise time. And it turns out at that precise time, the sun emitted an X-class solar flare. And it takes 8.3 minutes for sunlight to travel the 83 million miles from the sun to earth, right? So the body seemed to register what appeared to be instantaneously, that the body was in direct communication with the sun and got the message about the solar flare 8.3 minutes before the visible light arrived at earth. So that was very, very interesting. And, in fact, there have been studies done with water, with microorganisms in water that exhibit exactly the same phenomena. They respond instantaneously to solar flares and, and so forth. So in Tiller's model, we find that consciousness at this primitive level in the belly center, we, when I did the calculation, the distance between the earth and the, and the sun, it turns out that it's not traveling instantly. It travels at about 1 373rd of a second which is so fast that it would look like it appeared instantaneously. But when you get to the heart chakra and the subtle energy that emanates from the body at the heart chakra, Tiller's model finds that it, the light or energy travels at the speed of light cubed, which is 186,282 miles per second cubed, which is times itself, times itself. 
and that comes to 64.64 quadrillion miles per second. And that's fast enough to send information and energy to the Pleiades star system, which is 440 light years from Earth, in a quarter of a second. I mean, this is very, very, very profound stuff you're talking about. You're talking about that as we attain higher and higher levels of consciousness, we can not only send messages interstellar in very, very reasonable amounts of time, but we can also be receiving them. In fact, this can possibly help explain how some people have visions or psychic phenomena around extraterrestrials and distant star systems, that they're not just, you know, stuck in some kind of fantasia or having a fantasy or, or, or some kind of, you know, just artistic vision about a distant solar system. This tells us that our, our system, our bioelectrical system, can receive impulses. If we can receive an impulse from the sun in one three hundred seventy-third of a second, we can receive messages from the Pleiades in a quarter of a second. And there are many, many star systems much closer than the Pleiades, such as the Sirius star system is 8.7 light years from Earth, and then you have Alpha Centauri A and B, which are the closest star systems to Earth. We can be receiving messages from multiple systems in a very reasonable amount of time. By the time you get to the crown chakra, the top of the head, fully illuminated, the, the ability to transmit information and receive extends all the way to the Andromeda galaxy, which is 1.2 or 3 million light years away in about a quarter of a second. So that's what we are. We, we are so sophisticated that our little iPods and our laptop computers and our cell phones, they're great, they're fun to have, we, we have them. But our, it's actually our own bodies, our own mechanism is, is a far more sophisticated piece of equipment than any of these things. So for those people who, who are listening to this, and, and obviously it's, it's at a pretty high level of uh, scientific uh, explanation, for those people who are themselves waking up to uh, the spiritual path and, and, and expanding consciousness, how would you uh, put, put to them what they need to do to actually work with this? Well, I mean, the practice of meditation, clearly what Tiller finds scientifically is that, you know, we, our minds are this powerful, but most of our consciousness, by far over 99.99% of it, is incoherent, meaning it's just scattered. The, you know, the, there's different thoughts and bouncing, and everything is just crazy. What he found was that the, to untap these, the power of transmitting information at these incredible speeds and receiving the brain and consciousness has to become very, very coherent. And at the very deepest levels of coherency, he found this coupling mechanism that occurs where the superpower of consciousness can interface with the brain, the human organism. And I asked him this question, and I said, here we are, we're coming up to 2012, and NASA is telling us that we may we experience solar flares that are so powerful that they could cause trillions of dollars of damage to the planet. And I'm looking at all these ancient civilizations, the Mayas, the Incas, the Egyptians, and you all, you can clearly see the connection they have to the sun. And they, they give the sun a personality, like, you know, for the Egyptians it was raw. And, you know, then you have the Mayans and the Incas, and you have this relationship to the sun. And for the Greeks it was Apollo. So why was there so much solar or sun worship in these cultures? And what we can see, you know, from the experiments that have been done between microorganisms and our sun 
and even the human body, is that we have an ability to be in an instantaneous communication with the sun itself. We actually are in a relationship with it. My theory of why the planet is heating up, why the sun is heating up, and, the, and consequently the planet is heating up, and a lot of people think that they've got off the hook with global warming because the sun is the one that's causing all this. You see, the sun and the earth are in a conscious relationship. Just like your body, if you have a virus in your body, your body produces a fever to get rid of the virus. Well, could the sun be producing a fever to get rid of what we're doing to it? We are behaving as a virus. So it's actually a connected system on the quantum level. They they are in this symbiotic relationship. But what it also tells us is that if we were to meditate in mass, huge amounts of, of people at the same time to talk to the sun as we move through this 2012 period, could we create a state of coherency and harmony and actually get the sun to be at ease as it passes through this very dangerous, unstable period? And is that what ancient civilizations did? Did they know this? Did their high priest and priestesses know that there was a relationship with the sun and they could talk to it? I believe that that is what we're going to see. And we see in our film, The Voice, that, you know, Roger Nelson at Princeton University, again, over 25 years, they've been studying the effects and the, the abilities of the aura of the planet itself. And they found that the planet responds to global consciousness and global events and that the planet itself is precognitive to these events. It sees them before they happen. And, again, this was done in the laboratory at the Princeton, you know, pair laboratory for over 20 years. So we know that that relationship exists. We know that the relationship with the sun exists. But now when I asked Tiller the question, could we collectively alter hurricanes and, and, you know, these massive solar flares? And he just, you know, like this mystical wizard, he looks at me and he says, do you realize that if consciousness is in a higher frequency than the gamma ray spectrum, do you realize that when you transfer mathematically even gamma rays back into physical mechanical motion through Einstein's photoelectric effect, that consciousness is beyond even gamma rays, then consciousness is so powerful it can create suns and galaxies and planets. In fact, it is creating them. This, the force that is the most powerful of all the forces is the conscious and creative force, just as Max Planck had actually stated, the great Nobel Prize winner, that mind is the matrix of all matter. All matter. And so it's a, it's a great wonder to me why consciousness has not been um, admitted to be among the great you know, four forces. It should be called the fifth force at this point in time. But what so David, we're, we're ha- having to head off to our next break. <laughs> this is a fascinating yeah. discussion. So thank you so much, and we'll be back with David Sarida in a moment. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. 
Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. And today we have with us David Sarita who is talking about his new DVD, Quantum Communications. So, David, before we move on and continue with this discussion, how can people get hold of the DVD if they want their own copy? If you want to get your own copy, the only place to get it right now is at voiceentertainment.net. That's voiceentertainment.net. We have Quantum Communication, the voice and Mona Lisa's little secret, and meditation um, CDs there. 
And uh, this is only a, a small fraction of your total work, which is absolutely phenomenal. So if people want to tune into what your, your work is, where do they go for that information? I would go to voiceentertainment.net, or you can go to my books or at lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com, forward slash David, S-E-R-E-D-A. Um, Sarita, that's where you can you can get my deeper work in my books. Fantastic. Thank you. So let's continue with our discussion on quantum communication, and we're coming into the last segments of the show. So perhaps give us a little bit of a, a summary and, and your own personal insights into it. Well, I mean, starring in the film also is the legendary John Gray. You know, we have Konstantin Korotkov from Russia who does mental telepathy experiments that are just phenomenal. Um, in many ways, I, I really believe the Russians are far ahead of us in this particular area of research because we've turned our backs on it for so long. You know, and it, we also go into the the science of actually manifesting your soulmate. You know, once you understand how we are constantly broadcasting our personal energy signature all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. Um, you know, German scientist Fritz Albert Popp discovered in the 1970s and actually proved the existence of biophotons that all living things are are transmitting light waves that are carrying intelligent information. So we're like little radio stations, and and that's very well known now. And so we really have an amazing amount of personalities in the film. You can see all of them at voiceentertainment.net. You can look at everybody's bio of, of who's in the film. But one of the things I want to do now is I really see the struggle in having, you know, filmed and met with many of these great scientists that they actually, you know, they take 30 years of data, 30 years of scientific evidence that the universe is responding to consciousness and that the atom responds to consciousness and that there's this phenomena called subtle energies. And they go to this peer review board system where you submit your research and your data to the peers, and the peers always slam it down. They always knock this stuff down. So the physicists that we're seeing from these top universities who are doing this, they're risking their reputation, their future, their credentials to do this, to deliver this to you. So it's very important to support them. And one of the ways I believe that we're going to get the media to wake up to this phenomena is to create a petition, which I've done, to get any Ph.D. or any level of uh, master's degree in any of the fields of psychology or science or physics if you have seen enough evidence to suggest that the universe responds to consciousness, that you sign this, this petition and you therefore support it. It will help alleviate a lot of the pressure from the peer review system that these, the new generations of scientists are, are uh, encountering. And that's the only way this is going to happen. I mean, I don't know how a Max Planck and an Einstein can be rejected by a peer review board system to say, to say that, you know, they have evidence that the universe is conscious. And Max Planck says, I regard matter as derivative of consciousness, not the other way around, that, that we're just an accident, a byproduct of matter. Consciousness is a byproduct of matter. Actually, it's the other way around, he's saying. Matter is a, is a byproduct of consciousness. So if the Nobel Prize winners can't get accepted in the peer review system, all you have to do is use your own intelligence to realize this is happening and, and to see these films and to support it and have community screenings of them to make you aware of your personal power. And then once you realize that, when you engross yourself in negative world media, you know, focusing on, on the agenda that the global media wants to, to proliferate, 
you are therefore uh, rebroadcasting, reinforcing that delusion. That if you, whatever, if you remove your mind from the TV and you focus it on something beautiful and positive, that's what you're going to be broadcasting into your family and your community and your world and cosmos at large. So the choice is yours. Whatever you put your mind in, that's what's going out there. All these super violent Hollywood films that are coming out, they just seem to get more and more violent. Every time you buy their films, every time you go there, that's what you're, you're not only financially supporting that, but your consciousness is broadcasting that and reinforcing that, that delusion. So we, we need more conscious cinema. We need more conscious media. And there are the occasional beautiful films that come up, aren't there? <laughs> oh, sure, they <laughs> somehow get through. They do get um, through once yeah. in a while. Yeah, we haven't heard much about David the Man. What's what's your latest project? What what are you doing right now? Well, I mean, my personal research is in an area called differentials, the hidden harmonic codes of the universe, along with which I would love to do a whole show with you, um, Peter. Well, yeah, we're coming up to the uh, the end of the show, so I would love. Uh, I would love to do that. Just give us one minute uh, um, overview of what that show would be like. Well, what I found is that deep in the quantum universe and in, in nature, if we if we look at sacred geometry, the phenomena of sacred geometry, we notice all of the sides and the angles on man-made geometries and man-made buildings are equal and very balanced. But in nature, the angles on a crystal or a, or a natural diamond or a ruby or a a leaf or a flower, the, the ratios are all uneven. And I actually found this in the quantum universe, that a great error has occurred, that the wavelengths of all the dual-natured particles, the electron, anti-electron, the positron, the anti-positron, the muon, anti-muon, they're all, they're not even. And they had made the mistake thinking we're even. And this unevenness um, in between these uneven wavelengths are what are called hidden harmonic codes. So if we think of the Fibonacci sequence or the golden mean or the, or the pi ratio, the phi ratio, we see these are harmonic codes that exist in nature. But I found there are literally hundreds and hundreds of hidden harmonic codes, and these harmonic codes can be duplicated and possibly be the answer to faster-than-light telecommunications, faster-than-light travel, and possibly even building stargates. And so we're going to, David, we're going to have to stop right there, and I'm looking forward to this next show. It's going to be uh, fantastic because it's one of, an interest of my own. So, David, I really appreciate you spending this time with us. It's been a fascinating show, and we'll look forward to having you on the show once again in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. Phew, I've got to take a deep breath here. So thank you so much for joining me today on the show with David Sarita. Wonderful things to contemplate. Next week, I have Daryl Gurney uh, joining me, who is going to be discussing returning to a truly authentic, loving relationship with ourselves. He'll explain exactly what love is and talk about those unconscious beliefs and programs that prevent us from being whole and healed. Wonderful healing modalities are available to release us from the deeply held, shame-based programs that separate us from the truth of who we are. And we'll look forward to chatting with Daryl next week. This is your host, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Peter Tung signing off for today. Thank you so much.
hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.